On September 23, 2016, a long-awaited execution took place in Malaysia. Ahmad Najib Aris, a man on death row for over a decade, was put to death for the awful murder of Kani Ong, a woman of Chinese descent. This case was notorious for its brutality, making it one of the most shocking cases in the country's history. Today, let's delve into the case of Kani Ong. Kanyong wasn't a well-known figure or a celebrity, but her kidnapping and murder deeply impacted Malaysian society. Born in July 1974, Kani was the youngest daughter of a mixed Chinese and Indian heritage family. She was known for being smart and well-mannered from a young age. After studying in the U.S. and Hawaii, she moved to Los Angeles for work. In Los Angeles, Kani found a job as an IT analyst and also met Brandon, who would become her husband. They were introduced by a mutual friend and quickly fell for each other. They married in 2001 and settled in San Diego, where Kani enjoyed a fulfilling life with a good job and a loving husband. However, her happiness was cut short. Kani received a call that her father had been diagnosed with cancer. This news was heartbreaking. Understanding the seriousness of the situation, she hurried back to Malaysia to be with her family. There, she dedicated herself to supporting her father through his cancer treatment, facing not only financial but also emotional challenges. Kani Young's father finally overcame his battle with cancer, a victory that felt like a blessing from above for the entire own family. It was a time of great joy and relief, and naturally, they wanted to celebrate this happy turn of events. They thought it was the perfect moment to throw a party to mark the recovery of their father. For Kenny, it was also an opportune moment to plan her return to her life in San Diego, so the celebration would double as a farewell party for her. The party was set for June 13, 2003, just a day before Kenny's scheduled flight back to the States. It was a lively, intimate gathering at Monday Restaurant with close friends and relatives enjoying a feast of steaks and crabs. The atmosphere was filled with laughter and genuine happiness. As the evening progressed, it became quite late. Kenny noticed her mother looking tired and ready to call it a night. Being the caring daughter she was, Kenny offered to drive her mother home before returning to the party. Her sister decided to join them, so all three of them headed to the basement to get Kenny's car and the parking ticket. Little did anyone know, this would be the last time Kenny would be seen alive. When Kenny didn't answer her phone after several calls, her mother and sister began to worry. They decided to go to the basement to see if she needed help with something. But when they got there, both Kenny and her car were nowhere to be found. It was during this time in the basement that she was kidnapped by Ahmad Najib Aris. The shock of Kenny's sudden disappearance sent waves of panic through her family. They kept trying to reach her phone, but all they got were voicemail messages. 
The CCTV footage of her abduction was the only lead they had, but due to technical delays, they couldn't view it until hours after she had gone missing. A police report was filed, and a frantic search for Kenny began. The day after the party on June 14th, Kenny O was still alive, but in the clutches of Ahmad Najib Aris. Surprisingly, Ahmad wasn't after any ransom. He actually mistook Kenny for someone else he wanted revenge on and realized his mistake way too late. In the early hours of the morning between 1 and 5 a.m., Ahmad took Kenny to a construction site near Tamandatuk Harun in Jalanklang Lama. There, he sexually assaulted her in the car. After that horrific act, he strangled and stabbed Kani, ending her life. Ahmad laid the body of Kani Ong in a small manhole next to the highway. At that time, he only covered the hole with two tires filled with cement he probably found at the construction site. He changed his mind later the next day, as he planned to burn the body to conceal the identity of the deceased. Ahmad executed his plan the next day, on June 15th, pouring patrol all over Kani's body and setting her ablaze. Kani Young's body was found two days later, on June 17th, by one of the construction workers. Kani had a cloth around her neck, her hands crossed over her chest, and eerie enough, her legs were dangling out of the hole. Her proton tiara car was also found at a nearby shop house. With the DNA matching the missing woman, all of the Ong family members were stricken with grief and anguish. The investigation into Kani Ong's murder brought a crucial piece of evidence to light. DNA, in the form of semen, was discovered in Kani's body. Despite having access to Malaysia's DNA database at the time, the authorities were unable to identify the murderer using this resource. The police were initially uncertain about the direction of their search in Kani's case, but a breakthrough came when they found her phone was missing. They tracked down Azizan Ismail, a van driver who answered a call made to Kani's phone. Azizan revealed that on June 14th, he saw a partially clothed woman and a man in a parked car with a flat tire. Later, he found the car again, empty this time, and took a bag and phone he found inside to sell it. Another lead came from Amina Isaac, who encountered a man with a broken tire on the same morning on Sungai Wei Road. Ahmad approached her to borrow a jack, but she noticed a woman in the passenger seat making pleading gestures. Sensing something was off, Amina noted the car's license plate, WFN 6871, which turned out to be Kani's car. Furthermore, a patrolman, Ravi Chandran, provided a crucial clue. On the night of June 13th, he saw a royal blue car park suspiciously. Approaching it, he found a Malaysian man and a Chinese woman inside. The woman seemed to be signaling for help, but when Ravi Chandran asked her to exit the car for questioning, the man became aggressive and sped away, despite him firing shots at the car's tires. Although the car's license plate wasn't recorded, the IDs left behind identified the man as Ahmad Najib bin Aris and the woman as Wang Li Juan Kani Ong, greatly advancing the police investigation. It's indeed tragic that Kani Ong had multiple opportunities to escape her captor, but sadly, 
she was unable to do so. Police found that the DNA from Candy's body matched Amid Najibaris, clearly identifying him as the perpetrator. With this evidence, the police swiftly acted to capture this criminal. Just a few days later, on June 20th, the police arrested Ahmad. Interestingly, when he was caught, he didn't resist much. Instead, he confessed to the authorities, admitting his heinous crime. This confession likely expedited the legal process, leading to his eventual conviction and sentencing. Ahmad was charged with the murder and sexual assault of Kani Ohm. Not only that, he was suspected to be the culprit in four similar cases, but this couldn't be proven in his sentencing later on. Catching the killer was easy, but bringing justice was not. The trial of Ahmad Najib Ariz kicked off on September 15th of the same year he was arrested. He was represented by a fairly well-known lawyer, Mohammed Hanif bin Katri Abdullah. In a turn of events common in such cases, despite his initial confession, Ahmad pleaded not guilty. He claimed that the police had forced him to confess. However, this claim didn't hold up well since there was no evidence of physical harm on Ahmad that could support his allegations of coercion. Mohammed Hanif, his lawyer, put up a vigorous defense. He first tried to cast doubt on the police's investigation, suggesting they had arrested the wrong person and questioning the reliability of the prosecution's case. He even brought up the fact that Caddy had two opportunities to escape, but didn't take them. His argument was that she could have just opened the car door and run away. But let's think about Candy's situation for a moment. It was the middle of the night, her phone had been taken, and finding a car for a ride at that hour is not a simple task. Plus, in such a terrifying situation, it's not unusual for someone to be paralyzed by fear and able to take action. The suggestion that Candy somehow wanted to be kidnapped was outrageous and insensitive. Mohammed Hanif didn't stop there. He made an even more shocking claim that Kani wasn't assaulted but had consented to sex with Ahmad. He argued that the cloth found around her neck was part of a consensual act, a dangerous kink, and that her death could have been an accidental result of suffocation. This was strongly countered by Dr. Kazinathan, a medical expert. He pointed out that while strangulation might have been the cause of death, Candy also had stab wounds that would have caused significant bleeding. Moreover, the cloth tied around her neck was so tight that the skin underneath it wasn't as burned as the rest of her body, indicating a violent, non-consensual act. The prosecution criticized Ahmad's defense for relying on speculative what-if scenarios rather than presenting solid defense arguments. On August 4, 2004, it was Ahmad Najib's turn to defend himself. But in a surprising move, he chose to remain silent. According to the law, his silence could lead to his conviction. His lawyer, however, didn't give up and urged the judge to re-examine the evidence. The prosecution, on the other hand, pointed out a significant flaw in the defense's strategy. Throughout the trial, they hadn't presented any witnesses to support their claims. The trial of Ahmad Najib was quite lengthy, lasting 52 days. In the end, the Shah Alam High Court found him guilty of assaulting and murdering Kanyon. The evidence against him was overwhelming, leaving no room for doubt. His sentence was severe, 
the death penalty, along with 20 years in prison and 10 strokes of caning for the assault. His case sent shockwaves through Malaysia because of its sheer brutality and the bizarre circumstances. Kani Ong was a happy young woman, overjoyed by her father's recovery, only to have her life abruptly and tragically ended due to a case of mistaken identity by Ahmad, who was seeking revenge for personal reasons. Interestingly, though he said he accepted his punishment, Ahmad filed three appeals after his sentencing. His first appeal to the Court of Appeal of Malaysia was dismissed because of the compelling evidence against him. The second appeal went to the Federal Court of Malaysia, but they upheld the original verdict and sentence. His final attempt was an appeal to the Sultan of Selangor, which was also rejected. While incarcerated in Kajang prison, Ahmad was reportedly quite religious, leading prayers and behaving well, according to prison officers. His lawyer even commented that Ahmad was better than many other people out there. In late September 2016, Ahmad Najib Ariz was executed by hanging in the prison. What was going through his mind at that moment? One can only wonder, guilt, remorse, or perhaps nothing at all. After his execution, his body was buried in Sungai Katan Muslim Cemetery by his family. Kani Ong's life, which had so much promise, was tragically cut short. Details about her final resting place are scarce, but we hope her soul is at peace. This story serves as a stark reminder to always be cautious, particularly when alone or in secluded areas like parking lots. Stay vigilant and safe. That's all for today. Thanks for watching.